You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a fresh week of the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Tyler Rocky and Tim Leonard. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Hope everyone out there had a great Happy, healthy holiday weekend. I know I certainly did. Tim, what, what was the, the number one gift on your list for, for the, the holiday? Well, I, I got a new three-wood for the, for the golf game. I was oh, long okay. overdue for that. And then, honestly, the biggest gift, and now I just sound like a spoiled person here, but I, I finally re-upped and got a new phone. This was like two weeks ago, but it was one of those gifts that it was so dire because my phone broke that... My uh, my family was like, "Oh, this is an early early." Yeah, gift Santa for gets you. the elves working a little early for yeah. you. He he express <laughs> ships it. He puts it in the prime, the Amazon yeah. Prime for How you. How about you? For me, so I got I needed these new headphones for for some of the radio work I was doing, which sounds super nerdy. That it's one yeah. of the best game or things I got. I got a new uh, a new Q's Polo, which I was pretty uh, excited about. So maybe one time we can link up. You can bring your three wood. I'll wear my Q's Polo, and we can hit the links again when when it's well for when it's warm out finally again. And um, I also got this this uh, Monopoly like card game. It's called Monopoly Deal. I don't know if you've ever played it before, but I would no. highly recommend anyone out there looking for a good quarantine card game. Order Monopoly Deal off of Amazon or wherever you, you get your, your games from. But I would highly recommend it. It's a Monopoly, but it's shortened down into a card game. So huh. highly recommend that for all Look the Look at you giving out three ads here. Too. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's it's <laughs> listen, I, I only give it out because it's amazing. So right. um, we're going to be doing a, a fun little project here for this week since Syracuse basketball is on pause right now. So we're going to... Of course, give you the, the news that comes out over the course of the week. But we're also going to give you the 2020 Syracuse timeline. We're not going to do like a best moments. We're going to give it all to you. The best, the worst, the in-between of it all. So we're going to be going through the timeline of the entire year. We're going to break it down kind of month by month. Today, we're going to do January and February. Again, it feels like some of these moments were forever ago when <laughs> right. we went back and dug through them all. So we're going to get you the best of the Syracuse 2020 timeline and the worst of the Syracuse 2020 timeline because sometimes it's okay to relive some of those bad memories as well and just kind of sit back and, and laugh at some of them as well. So we're going to give you all of that. But first, I think we got to start with this today. Um, Jim Beheim was very critical of the Buffalo basketball program. He says that there's no way they are ever going to play here again in regards to the trash talk that they dished out against Syracuse in that loss. What? How long ago was that now? Is that like almost a week and a half, two weeks ago now? Yeah. It feels like forever ago since that <laughs> Time is happened. a flat circle at this point. Who knows? Right. But so Jim Beheim <laughs> saying that Buffalo will not be playing against Syracuse in the near future, I found this very odd because, listen, I don't know what's what was said during the game, but and I don't think the microphones, the the crowd microphones, the, the sideline microphones could really pick up the exact words that were being said. I don't know. Maybe I'll go back and watch it and see if I can pick anything up. But I would imagine it was probably pretty standard stuff, but the fact that there's no fans in the stands maybe amplified what Bayheim could and could not hear. Yeah, so he said this on his coach's show, and he, I think he, I don't know if you said this, I, I might have missed it, but he basically said they're not, we're not playing 
Buffalo at home ever right. again. Mm-hmm. Like it, the way that it was, this was just intolerable. And, Seems a little harsh, but yeah, but okay. whatever. I mean, like you said, I, I don't know exactly what was said. I couldn't make it all out. I'll kind of just ride with Bayheim on this one. It's sort of a bummer because I feel like Buffalo and Syracuse have had a lot of great games together and. I don't know. It's one of those teams. They're an that important qual- opponent in my eyes. Yeah. I know they don't play a lot. Like they've played a lot lately, but they haven't played a lot before that. They're an important opponent because they're usually one of the better MAC teams, at least as of late. And I know Jim Beheim even said that that win over Buffalo. What was that back in in twenty to, to get into the twenty eighteen tournament? That was a critical win and probably the one that put them over the top and into the field. Yeah, that turned out to be what? Like a quad two win quad, that year? I think it was even got to a quad one. Yeah, it might have. Because, I mean, they had a great stretch there in the last couple of years of Nate Oates. And even this team that came into the Dome this year, I don't know really how they lost to some of the teams that they did at the start of the year and the way they played. Because that roster is talented. And that's a team that I would not want to play in the NCAA tournament again or would, would I think, could make a run if they kind of get the pieces together. But, yeah, it's kind of a bummer that this maybe halts the series because I, I mean, he didn't rule out a chance of going to Buffalo, but that seems pretty unlikely just in the the nature of the relationship here. I am surprised that he came out this firmly. I'm kind of bummed that we couldn't discuss this with Eric Devendorf when he had him on, when we had him on because he's Mr. Trash Talker himself. And right, it's yeah. just sort of odd that Bayheim would, would take to that being such a competitor. I, I it must have been pretty harsh, and I'll just assume that some things were said that shouldn't have been said, and that's what really stirred him up. It, it's very strange, too. It, it it almost feels a little too sensitive in my eyes. Like, listen, you beat them. Like, shouldn't you want them to come back and so you can throw it back at them one more time, too? I mean, I don't know. I just found it very strange that this was the, the overall reaction to a game that you won in overtime by 10 points and or 11 points, whatever the final margin was. But I, I just, I don't know, felt a little overreactionary. Again, the you got to remember this too, that Buffalo's head coach, Jim Whitesell, was also not at the game either, if I'm remembering this correctly too, because he was one of those people who was held out because of contact tracing. And it, it's kind of like the substitute teacher, right? Sometimes you're going to act up a little bit when you walk into class and, and see a substitute teacher at the front of the, the classroom. And yeah. maybe that's how, how this Buffalo team operated. Yeah, and it's such a bummer, honestly. This is kind of branching into a different subject, but I don't know if we've talked about this whole quarantine pause a ton. I just, it's really got me deflated, and I, I get, like, sort of why it has to happen, although I'm a little bummed that given, I, I mean, as far as we know, no one has tested positive within the Syracuse organization in the past couple weeks, and maybe time will tell that I'm wrong there, but... It just feels like there should be a cleaner way to get out of this and get back to the court so you don't miss three pivotal conference games and get so far behind. The way they were playing, the way they were trending, I just would have liked to get a crack at UNC, kind of the way UNC's been playing lately as well. And the whole thing just has me a little deflated and bummed about the state of college hoops and the state of of just the season right now. It's kind of weird that there's just this long, long pause here that they have to deal with. But the plus, I guess, is Barama Sidibe might be back. True. And you're going to have him for some very important games against some teams with some quality, quality big men that you're definitely going to need him for. 
as well. Uh, one more thing with the this whole Bayheim Buffalo vendetta right here. Why is he just taking shots? I feel like he's taking shots at the Buffalo program left and right, whether it's Nate Oates, <laughs> right. he, he called him out. Now he's got uh, the entire program of Buffalo is just outlawing them from the Carrier Dome. I don't know. But it's also one of those things, too, where we're living in a very strange time for these kids to be playing basketball from an environment standpoint. And I feel like the trash talking and stuff like that, that's kind of the whole bring your own energy sort of deal. Yeah. And now, I don't know what was said. Were there, were there some disrespectful things said? I don't know. I don't know what was said. And maybe they crossed the line. He could be very well right on this. But to me, it's just kind of a bring your own energy type of thing. You need something because it's weird, especially a place like the Carrier Dome too, where it is literally an empty 50,000 seat venue. Yeah. And it's just dead silent in there. The only thing you can hear is the ball bouncing and some the sneakers squeaking. To me, however you can bring your own juice, bring your own juice. I'm all for it. And that's why I think this is a little little sensitive uh, from, from Bayheim. That's a great point. I also wonder if maybe this type of trash talk goes on normally, but now Bayheim is hearing it more because there's exactly. no one in the stands. Mm-hmm. So that exactly. could contribute to it. One more quick little note, and then we'll start our our timeline recap here. The women's team going on pause, really uh, a crazy sequence in women's college basketball, specifically in the ACC. Carol Lawson and the the Duke program shutting down for the entire season, and now Syracuse on a bit of a pause now, too, because of COVID reasons. So tough for anyone who wants to get any glimpse of Syracuse hoops right now I guess what what are the, are the local high schools playing or are there local <laughs> AAU tournaments or something that you can tap into I guess I guess you almost have to watch Buffalo now right like that that's the closest semblance well of they're on basketball. pause too right I mean that's right yeah no be. you're right yeah. yeah so every everyone's I think Binghamton's even on pause too if I'm remembering correctly so yeah if you want to watch hoops in, in the state of New York, I don't know, is St. John's playing? <laughs> we need Jimmy Iona. and Buddy. Can, can we pick to... up Rick Patino? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, can, right. can Jimmy can Jimmy and one Buddy on just one. like stream their games on Twitch in the, the Bayheim basement? Right. Like, let's and just get, do that. Get Devo in there, maybe. I know he trains How about with this? them. I got, a, I got a little business proposition here. Not even a business. It's a charitable proposition. A, a philanthropic venture, if you will. Look at you. Buddy versus Jimmy... In the Bayheim basement, people can watch, people can donate money, and it all goes to Devo's uh, drive that he's doing for the local businesses. How about that? Huh? Yeah. Almost up to 75K, too. That's amazing. I saw it was over. It got over 50. Yeah. If you have the means right now, go check that out. If you go to Eric Devendorf's Twitter or if you just search Eric Devendorf GoFundMe on, on Google, I'm sure it'll come up. And he's doing some great stuff. He's giving back. What started out as twenty five grand back to local Syracuse businesses, and now, like you said, it's coming up on seventy five thousand. So great work by Eric Devendorf in the community once again. All right, when we come back, we're gonna get into our Syracuse timeline for twenty twenty. Everything that you need to remember from twenty twenty. We're gonna start with January and February coming up next. Oh, it's the most glorious sports time of the year. That's right. The NFL playoff picture is becoming clearer. You've got the college football bracket all set up as well and of course the bowl games are right around the corner and what do you know basketball is in full swing as well and there's only one place that has you covered and only one place that we trust to get those wagers in it's betonline.ag 
be sure to sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use our promo code Locked On for 50% off as a welcome bonus. You put in 100, they give you an extra 50 for free on top of that. There is so much on the docket, a super meaningful week in the NFL that you're going to want to get in on the action. Week 17, everyone's going all out. So get in on the action because you too can come out a winner as well. And of course, some of these other gambling sports books right now, they've got restrictions. If you're in New Jersey or if you're like me, you're in Illinois, you can't gamble on certain college teams. Like I can't gamble on Illinois basketball, or how about the red-hot Northwestern Wildcats? I can't get in on that action with any other sports book, but with betonline.ag, I can. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On, all one word, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hey, the holidays are all about giving, so I'm giving you a hot tip that could earn you some extra cash heading into the new year. The new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee is red hot to start the season, and he shares a lock of the day on every single episode. So be sure to subscribe to Locked On Bets today, wherever you get your podcast, Lee Sterling and your boy Q. It's a super quick rundown of the gambling day, all packed into about 10 to 15 minute episodes. So be sure to go subscribe to that. Fun little project we've got for you here on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. We are going back through everything that happened through this 2020, the whirlwind of a year that it was, and we're doing it from the Syracuse lens. So we start in January, and this is probably one of the more eventful months. I would probably guess it's January and February were the two most eventful months. The pre-COVID for times. Syracuse, yes. Back <laughs> when, yeah. Back when COVID seemed like nothing. I know. <laughs> and and we just kind of heard of it. We we thought it had a funny name, and obviously it has gotten much more serious than all of that. So we start with right after the new year, January 2nd, we've got the the infamous Outback napkin game winner that Coach Q drew up on a an Outback uh, cocktail napkin that <laughs> right. gives them an 89-88 to 88 win over a top 10 team in Florida State. So how about that Coach Q with the – genius play that he comes up with what was was it on the plane that i can't if i'm remembering this so. correctly he, or, he just I, had a napkin he, from i think it originated at an outback I, honestly i hope the restaurant's right i i feel like it was an outback and once again that's that's a free ad we're giving out to a restaurant there i, I wish it was a local restaurant like tully's or something because i think outback is is a behemoth that is doing just fine <laughs> but um no they i think it started there and then maybe he drew it up on a plane as well but he just was like yeah let's go to the outback play once it came to it and the women's team had a lot of fun games last year and really in this stretch where at the start of january syracuse men's basketball was kind of hitting rock bottom the women's team was finally starting to sort of piece things together and remember this was the year without tiana where they weren't expected to win as many games and weren't ranked. Now they are ranked as they go into this pause this year. Right. Then two days later, men's basketball. This was one of the more entertaining games of the entire season. They play against Notre Dame. I mean, we talked about the trash talking between Buffalo and Syracuse. Right. How about the trash talking in this game? I don't think Jim Beheim would have liked a lot of the things that Prentice Hub was saying throughout that game or a Rex Fluger or something like that because 
those the battle between Joe Girard the third and Prentice Hub it felt like a budding ACC rivalry between two players I'm really excited to see them play Notre Dame again I know we would have seen it already in an ideal world but Prentice Hub is still there so I hope there's some back and forth again this year and people might remember this game was 88-87 Notre Dame won and it was the four-point play that wasn't basically because Girard makes Mm -hmm. that three which was their 15th three of the game. They tied the school record, which is still the school record. Remember, they tied it earlier this year, but they still lose the game by one. And this was kind of, you follow that up, you, you go on to lose January 7th to Virginia Tech in the Dome, which was basically rock bottom, because then you lose that game. You're 0-3 in conference home games on the year after losing to Virginia in that low-scoring game back in the 2019 season to start that. So you're 8-7 and seven on the year. It was like, one of the worst starts in the Bayheim era, and honestly, the whole sentiment after that loss on January 7th was, is Bayheim's perfect record of no losing seasons going to be intact when it's all said and done? Right. That was a big, big talking point. It kind of felt like it was certainly trending that way. They did pick up a little bit of a of a hot stretch later on in the year. One last little note from the, the Notre Dame thing. If that personal rivalry renews between... Prentice Hub and Joe Girard. Is Bayheim going to cancel the the series against Notre Dame every single year on the ACC slate? Like, is he going to kick Notre Dame out of the ACC? Is that what he's going to do? Like, make him an independent if he hears too much trash talking from the Irish? I think he would need Coach K to join in on that. If Coach K and him come together, I think they can do anything they put their minds to. Or at least yeah, that's maybe what maybe they throw a little too. like. A little secondary push from Roy and Tony, and you might have a little case there to get Mike Bray and and the Irish back in the independent ranks. Um, right. All right, let's move on through through this a little more. Here's a little football note for you. There were some reports that Rocky Long, the San Diego State head coach, was visiting Syracuse, looking into that defensive coordinator job. Then he eventually retires as the head coach. And then, just three days after that, on January 11th, Zach Arnett gets hired as the new Syracuse defensive coordinator. (laughs) Again, we do not know how that would have panned out, but we do know that the guy who they do end up hiring in Tony White was a damn good hire. Yeah, what an odd January, because at first, Rocky Long, we were thinking... Huh, is he really coming as the defensive coordinator? He's the head Going coach. Going from a head coach to yeah. a uh, <laughs> to a defensive coordinator. Yeah, a struggling program like Syracuse at the time. I guess, I mean, they were coming off a, a really disappointing year. There's no denying that. And then the Zach Arnett era ends up winding up to be 11 days total because he, he says that he's coming on January 11th. They signed the contract. They tried to match the contract, which I believe was $900,000 to be the Mississippi State defensive coordinator, but he bolts for Mike Leach on January 22nd. So all in that time period, we went from, huh, is it Rocky Long? Okay, it's Zach Garnett. I like Zach Garnett. Good hire. We got on our podcast. I guess we hadn't started the podcast yet, but you know, we're talking about it off just me and you before we had the podcast thinking, Oh, this is great. Three, three, five. I like this. And then boom, he's gone by January 22nd and they have to sort of redo the search from that point. Right. That was a, that was a very eventful day too. that January 11th. So our net gets hired. Then footballscoop.com. If we had the scoop standings back there, we would have given them a point for this, but they reported that Sterling Gilbert will be the new OC and quarterbacks coach as well. That also came out on that January 11th. Jury's still out on how how the whole Gilbert hire is going to be remembered. But 
On top of that, Hoops has its best win of the year when they go out and beat Virginia in overtime, a 63-55 win. And Buddy, of course, hits the big bank shot in overtime. He scores nine of his 14 points in that extra frame. And it was a Virginia team that was reeling, but when it was all said and done, at least when the, the season hit pause and eventually got canceled, it ended up being a very quality win, especially on the road. Yeah, I'll pull the Michael Wilbon that are... are our friends or guys we like to fall on on Titus and Tate, Mark Titus and Tate Frazier always joke about. I was at that game, the Virginia game, which was <laughs> a fun one to be at and fun one to say. It was amazing because that overtime, they scored 20 points in the overtime after scoring 19 points in the entire second half. And like we said, after Virginia Tech, it was rock bottom. It was classic Syracuse, just the way that they've been these past three or four years where when they're down and out, then they reel you back in because they beat Virginia – and then they rattle off four more wins. They beat BC for their first home ACC win on the 15th. They go to Castle Coliseum, our friend James Zuba's favorite place. They get a win there against Virginia Tech. That was the game that Buddy had 18 straight points, and they just barely sort of held on at the end there. They won at Notre Dame in, in another rematch of Prentice Hub and JG3, won that game by two, and then they beat Pittsburgh. So all of a sudden, they went from 8-7 and seven to 13 and seven and they were six and three in the ACC and and the whole conversation was like ah maybe they could kind of get back into the NCAA tournament picture but after that they did lose to Clemson on January 28th which was really a tough game sort of thinking back on it because that's Dolajai fouls out and they just sort of gave it away down the stretch I know Gerard made some big shots but a tough one that sort of just doesn't sit right with me even all these months later Right. And just to sprinkle in some other notes that happened during that winning streak. So from the 15th until the 28th, you had Isaiah Stewart. Remember this story? Isaiah Stewart says the first time he met Jim Beheim, he asked him to take a picture with him. And he said he wouldn't because he was at his son's AAU tournament. He was at Buddy. I think it was Buddy's AAU tournament. Yeah. And he wouldn't take a picture with him. And listen, I, I totally get where Jim's coming from. He doesn't need to be bothered at every single time. In we fact, don't have to rehash he is, this. I mean, right. He is one so of the ridiculous. more fan-friendly guys that I've seen in terms of how he interacts with fans and makes extra time and all that stuff and the foundational work. So um, just don't bother Jim when he's at his AAU tournament for his son or he's out at a restaurant. Just don't do it. All right. It's common. It's common to see someone famous in public 101 right there. So it's that's amazing. a little lesson that's... for everyone out there. That's the type of stuff that we could worry about pre-COVID was not taking photos. Like, it just seems foolish, and I know it was foolish in the moment when we were sort of, that was a topic on radio shows and things, but the way that Isaiah Stork came out, I think he said something to the effect of, I'm going to make him regret that and sort of, like, prove him wrong someday. Which is funny, because he wasn't going to, like, if Mike Hopkins is still on the staff, it is in all likelihood that Isaiah Stork plays for Syracuse. Yeah. I would guess. So, I, mean, I don't know how he would have regretted that. It made him regret it. If anything, he would have taken him to new heights as a result of him stiff-arming him for a picture way back in the day. I love how, too, one of my other favorite things of that was how Bayheim actually remembered the moment, too, and basically said, uh, no, I didn't. I just said, wait for me after. There was something along those lines. Yeah. it's a, He's got a good memory, it seems like. I know that's, like, something that people will poke at maybe when you get older and it shows no signs of that. Everything, even when he's talking in these press conferences, sometimes it's like, wow, like 
He's got, he's lost none of but his like, energy. But how is that even something you remember? That, oh, there's some kid who was probably like, what, six, 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 seven at the time. He's like, want to yeah. take a picture with me? And I said no at a, an AAU tournament. I don't know how you remember that, but yeah, that, that to me grade, was always crazy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, um, let's all right. move on into February. Unless there's any other little tidbits from January that you want to discuss. But the only thing I is... Pretty much have, yeah, at the end of the month, you just kind of funny looking back on this because this guy played a ton for Syracuse this year, but Jacoby and Morgan on January 27th commits to Syracuse. And then two days later, January 29th, Dylan Markowitz commits. And remember, it was like, all right, who's our quarterback? This is kind of taking a while, one of those cycles again. But that was also fresh off Sterling Gilbert's the new offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach. And he goes into Texas, gets Markowitz. Definitely had a big reason why they got Markowitz there based on his relationship that he kind of talked about when he was on this podcast with us, with Sterling and his uh, high school coach. And then Jacoby and Morgan from Mississippi, who I'm excited about both those guys really, but Morgan, we saw a lot of good flashes this year. And it's crazy that, you know, January 27th was the day that he committed to Syracuse. Quick pause to tell you guys about the best tasting protein bar ever. It's a bold claim, but I'm telling you, Built Bar is that good. They can back it up. Built Bar is back. They've got six new amazing flavors to tally up to 18 total flavors. The new ones, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. These bars, they they have some great flavoring that you just would never think of, and that's what separates them a little bit from their competition. Also, these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. There's no bad aftertaste like some of these other protein bars and they are great for you. Great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, and high-protein and high-fiber. So go to BuiltBar.com today. Use our promo code LOCKEDON. That'll get you 20% off your next order if you use our promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Moving on into February now, this was another one of those super eventful months in the 2020 Syracuse calendar. You had Syracuse. First of all, the month starts off with the largest crowd in the country all season long. They go, they play against Duke in the Dome. Again, it's not the same Duke team that we had seen the, the season before when Zion, RJ, and Cam all came to town. But this was still a very, very solid Duke team. And Syracuse loses this game in the Dome. They hung around with them for a while, but they end up losing 99-87 to in that game. Yeah, it was just more of the same. Vernon Carey went off against them. The defense couldn't stop anyone. And that, you know, we're seeing it a little bit already in the early goings of this year. But that was a big storyline. It didn't take, we didn't really realize until ACC play that Virginia Tech first loss was all them making threes. And then you saw John Mooney give it to Syracuse. And then you had guys like Vernon Carey. So whenever there was a big guy, Syracuse just Moses really had Wright, no Moses Wright, too. Answers. That's one of my favorite ones. Oh, right. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> How about that one? Um, and then talk about the weekend of the year. This was the weekend of the year for Syracuse sports. It was the weekend of February 7th. Pretty much everything happened over the course of a day or two. So on February 6th, the school announces that Chip West is hired. And then... I mean, this is a guy who's being brought in to be some recruiting guru for football. Then the next day, 
In comes Tony White. This is the defensive coordinator that you and I have gushed about so much over the course of this season. Tony White, standout hire. Talk about probably one of the more impactful hires that Syracuse Athletics has made in the past decade. It's Tony White. It's looking like it, right? I, I would say this is maybe the it best It sounds decision. premature, but it's literally been that impactful after just a year. And they went 1-10. It's still laughable right. to kind of imagine that there's a world where both of those things are true. But... Yeah, I mean, this decision, if we were to do sort of best moments like we kind of had talked about off off the mic here of doing, this is probably weirdly one of the biggest moments of the year with Syracuse hiring Tony White. And even you can go back to Zach Garnett and that whole thing because, like we said, I think Garnett would have been good. It's the same scheme, so I don't think it would have been a huge difference per se, but I'm really happy that Tony White's the guy after one year. Then, that same very fateful day, oh, February man. 7th, we all got a tweet. Maybe we got a, a John Rothstein tweet notification that Dior Johnson, class of 2022, number one point guard in the country, was committing to Syracuse. Out of nowhere. Oh, life was so good. Uh, life was so good back on February 7th, wasn't it? it and then on honestly, top of that, Chase Scanlon, for all the Lax fans out there, he goes out, yeah. the true freshman, scores seven goals in his debut. But and Dior to Johnson it- took the cake. Right. To round out the weekend, too, you had the women's team beat number five Louisville that weekend. And then the Bryson Goodine buzzer beater, Bryson Goodine, who we'll get to more on, on this timeline recap, because obviously he makes waves and, and is no longer with the program, but he beats Wake on that buzzer beater. That's his one crowning achievement in a Syracuse career, really. And we start the podcast that Monday, which was February 10th. And I remember there was we no got better weekend to start it. Yeah, I we mean, that, joked that about, was... <laughs> are we good luck? I mean, it was amazing, all the news that was coming out. Because National Signing Day was February 6th as well, when they got Jihad Carter to pick SU and sort of got those quarterbacks to officially sign. So everything was just looking up. And that Dior news, it sounds sad. I, I, I'm almost hesitant to say it, but it's really, for me, I remember where I was when Dior committed to Syracuse. I remember exactly what I was doing. I was doing some work, but it was just this weird moment where I, I remember you texting me and you were like, whoa, we, we got our Monday topic for the podcast. And uh, it's so sad now, but that was a wild weekend. And honestly, probably the craziest weekend of the entire year for Syracuse Athletics. Yep, and certainly, I mean, we, we said at the time, are we good luck? But, I mean, it's been all downhill since then, so maybe we are bad luck. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, sh- should we go do, like, the Duke podcast, Locked on Duke? Is there anyone on Locked on Blue Devils that we can take over for? Sabotage their think... program? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, first off, we, we can't fall to that that level. I, I don't want to, I mean, Duke is also a train wreck at the moment, at least for their standards. So, I don't know, It's it's funny that, and from there, there wasn't a whole lot in terms of best moments. And, you know, the Dior timeline itself could be a whole nother podcast. Just us going through Dior's 2020 timeline, obviously. And we'll get to more of him here as we go through this. But, yeah, I mean, Chase Scanlon, number 22, also scoring seven goals. It was it was just a great weekend all around. Every single Syracuse sport that was playing was succeeding that weekend. So then we come in, and I, I guess we're terrible luck from there because – Elijah Hughes gets hurt, and and they lose to NC State that Tuesday on February 11th. Well, that starts the run of a couple of losses in a row there. You had February 11th, February 15th, February 19th. You have the loss to NC State, like you mentioned, where Hughes gets injured, and Buddy just can't take the the alpha role that we were kind of expecting him to. Gerard played great in that game. Yeah, Gerard was very good in that game. 
And then you lose the absolute heartbreaker against Florida State where Hughes has a, a chance at a game-tying three at the buzzer that's very close. And then talk about one of the better press conferences we got of, Feb- of uh, not just February, <laughs> but the the entire 2020 after the loss to Louisville where they just get run out of the gym. And Bayheim goes on rants about Mike Waters and, and Ken Palm, Ken Palm. He, he just starts calling out Ken Palm and, and saying that it's it's just a what a, like a, a hack computer. And we like to to poke fun at, at Ken Palm too. Sometimes the computer is broken. We don't know. But yeah, but the problem was it wasn't even Ken Palm. It was a Noons article that used like Synergy data in the end. Right. That's right. Just, yeah, it proved <laughs> that he reads everything and he's got his critical mind on everything. I think it was an article someone wrote over at Noons. Maybe it was our friend James Zuba. I, I don't even remember. But it was a Noons article that was talking about how Bayheim Buddy was kind of at fault at the top of the zone and he was kind of like no one knows our zone like i can get a kindergartner who knows more than ken pom and just <laughs> went on i mean it was the press conference of the year i'll never forget watching that back i remember on the pod that day we i mean first off there was a lot of of anger i think in that episode because that was the official okay this season's over they have no talent compared to louisville they don't have anyone that can stop anyone in the paint and i mean at this point we were still thinking patrick to was a thing and it was like we got to get him because they need something and sadibe hadn't gone on his little mini run at the end of the year too yeah that to comes kind of... later in the month nothing like a, a get right game for sadibe than playing pit i mean he yes, just goes right. out and dominates the panthers time and time again he did that in this game but yeah no they string off back-to-back wins they beat georgia tech they beat pit and that's the most right they... game there for you right yes Mm -hmm. yeah and and then they close out yeah they close out the the month though with uh, an absolutely star-studded cast in the stands you had tom brady julian edelman jimmy fallon dior johnson chance westry all in the stands for this game sitting courtside and then it's a loss to unc cole anthony plays unbelievable in this one and, and kind of his return to excellence in this game and that is the last basketball game that we saw in the Dome, which is, yeah. <laughs> well, I should say of the, the 2020 season. Of course, there have been games in the Dome, but that is the last game that a fan has seen in the the Carrier Dome for Syracuse basketball. Also the last game before they collapsed the roof and renovated the Dome and put in the Correct. new scoreboard that is and right. everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, another one I was at, I was at the, along with Tom Brady sitting right across from him at that game. and. Weird to think back on because this is right before the COVID really starts to become a thing. And crazy that like Jimmy Fallon was there just tossing <laughs> tossing it around and he was uh making sort of like some funny moments in the in-between moments of the game. And Syracuse really looked pretty bad in that game. Sadibe played great, but they just had again nothing on defense. And that was another sort of okay, this is officially rock bottom no no shot that they make the tournament unless they win the ACC tournament which of course they didn't really get the opportunity to do but the other thing to mention from wait hold uh, on I want to remember one more thing from that game yeah wasn't that one of the first signs that Brady wasn't coming back with the Patriots it was because he because Julian Edelman took a video if I'm remembering correctly and it was kind of prodding him to come back and he just wouldn't answer the question yeah it was a lip-syncing moment yeah, I, I want to say, though, that I think 
it did come out after the fact a version where you could actually hear Brady and it wasn't what everyone assumed he was lip syncing, which was like, no shot, I come back or like something to that effect. But that was a hilarious moment because at this time, the season's obviously over, but it's in that whole influx of, and the other thing is we didn't really know who was coming to that game. There was like whiffs of Michael Jordan because it was UNC. I think right. the Rock was thrown out there as a potential guest. And this is a whole weird thing that we won't get to experience this year. But last year it was you go back to that Virginia Tech game that they lost. Odell was in the house for that game. And there was all kind of, like Gronk came to a game and all those Adam Weitzman guests that were sitting in that same spot courtside, which Honestly, it's a pretty cool thing that I hope Syracuse leans into more and continues once they are able to have fans in the Dome. You know, Tim, the people want to know, is Syracuse the new Madison Square Garden? Is it the Mecca? Are we going to have Spike Lee sitting in courtside every single game? Is this? (laughs) Yes. The people are, are clamoring to know, is the Carrier Dome or the Dome, whatever you want to call it, the new Madison Square Garden, the new MSG? Yeah. I forget what, what game I wouldn't be able to remember, but when, uh, Jeremy Piven was there, Ari Gold from Entourage. Uh, Beheim in the press conference was asked about it, and he was like, I love Entourage. That's my favorite show. That was another funny moment. Another one of those Weitzman guests that came from this year. It had to be somewhere in this February window. And then it was what was it? The, Brady. the year before that, Gronk was there for a game. And then the year before that, if I'm remembering correctly, Jer- uh, Gary Sanchez was there for a game, too. So yeah. it's it's all the all the celebs are coming out. So also Mello uh, came to that Virginia game, the opener, and then right around this time that we're talking about February is when he is with the Trailblazers and starts like really right. cooking, and it's like whoa, Mello's back, and I think he had a buzzer beater in this stretch and was really sort of uh, thriving with Dame there in Portland, which was cool to see because obviously it still continued to this point. Mello, I watched him the other night and he looks pretty good still. It's awesome. Right. Last moment here, because, uh, again, February was a little long. This was a, a leap year, if you remember. And that means that Adrian Autry got to celebrate a birthday, too. So Maryland women's lacrosse. This is one of my favorite moments of 2020. Yeah. Maryland's women's lacrosse says they won't travel to Syracuse because of the anticipated snow in the forecast. No snow ever falls, if I'm remembering correctly. Yep. And they don't make the trip. So Syracuse says, all right, you know what? We'll go down to your place. And even though it's our senior night, because, again, the Dome was getting renovated and they wanted to have it at the Dome, even though it's our senior night, we're going to go down to College Park and they go down and beat a ranked Maryland team. And that, to me, was one of the pinnacle moments of 2020 for Syracuse Athletics because you saw a team that basically said, all right, F you guys. We're just going to go down there and, and beat you at your own game on your own turf and it was cool because i remember the whole syracuse community rallied around that team that day and everyone came to the the charge on twitter and just if you were in the dmv area you went to that game yeah which i guess at that time you still could go to games it's weird but yeah this is right before the march 11th date and and all that stuff so You're right, and honestly, a a huge bummer to me when I look back and when we were doing this exercise of kind of going through and jotting down this stuff, the lacrosse teams, man, I mean, in an alternate universe, and I know it's not, you know, it's not going to get the national attention of basketball winning a national title or football making some prestigious bowl game, but 
the men's lacrosse team and the women's lacrosse teams were both, I believe, number one in the country when the season ended. At least the men's team, I know for sure. And the women's team was number one at times, and they beat that Maryland team, which is perennially the you know the power in women's lacrosse year in and year out. And it seemed that they've struggled to beat in the past. So that's kind of a bummer reflecting on the year where we sort of joked, oh, we were bad luck, because that's one of those things that if we played out the lacrosse season – you're, you're probably looking at at least two Final Four teams and maybe even another national championship in lacrosse for Syracuse. Absolutely. All right, that's going to do it there for the winter months of what feels like forever ago. And hopefully we jogged some months. memories. <laughs> yeah, hopefully some of you were like, hey, that actually happened in 2020. Yes, it did. All of this stuff happened in 2020 that we're talking about. So we're going to get into some of the spring months, March, the, the tournaments getting canceled. We'll also recount, remember that Zoom that they did? watching the national championship so we're gonna do that and get through the rest of april and may coming up in the next couple of episodes and then of course later on we'll get into the summer and then some of the recent stuff that is probably still fresh on the brain right now so we appreciate you guys all listening be sure to subscribe check us out wherever you get your podcast and you'll get all of these episodes in your feed every single morning again we're gonna still be doing Any single news items that come out for Syracuse basketball, football, men's, women's, all that stuff, we're going to cover it here if it comes out throughout the week. But if not, we're going to kick back and and get through our our Syracuse timeline before this wicked, wicked 2020 is finally over. It's right around the corner, Tim. We've almost made it. Vaccines are out and on the way. So hopefully 2021 will be a much, much better year than 2020 was, not just for Syracuse, but for everyone's lives as a whole. So we will be back tomorrow. We'll get into the spring right as everything's starting to shut down. We're going to break down everything that happened there. For Tim, I'm Tyler. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. Oh.